Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles. Joined today, not by anyone from Easton, Pennsylvania. No one from there. To my right, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. To my left, Stephen Kyle Brackey. We use our full government names here. And um, we're ready. I'm going to take that out. I hear, hear something in my ear. Um, we are ready to go. And 133 is in flux. There's a lot going on. And the big news... I guess the one of the big news, two big news. So we had, we had Fix versus Soriano two weeks ago, and that was insane. And no one can score. And now Desanto takes down Soriano, and Philippi takes down and takes out Fix. So what what do you make of that? The first thing I was thinking of is like, well, are these guys really that impenetrable? They're just that they're that good defensively. I think it was just, I think it speaks more to if we go back to that match. Fix Soriano, they were just a little reluctant. They were a little reluctant to pull the trigger because I, I can't reconcile the fact, yeah, Nick Soriano can't touch his legs, but Mickey Philippi can on multiple occasions get to his legs. Right. And vice versa, Austin DeSanto can get to Soriano's legs, but Dayton Fix couldn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not ready. I know Wh- Willie's theory is they just can't get in on each other, but my thought is they, they just had a very reluctant game plan. And uh, <clears throat> there's certainly two something about them being maybe – Bad stylistically matchup for each other to pull for the trigger. sure, but and and I, I saw a lot of people talking about this like on Twitter message boards and stuff. Like there there has to be some level of risk to to get some reward, and I think the hesitancy kind of spilled over a little bit into this week, and I, I think it played a part in both of their losses. Fixes to Philippi and well, and, I, don't, I don't know. You, you could be right. You could be right. This hes- hesitancy, but I let's start with let's start with DeSanto Soriano. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if you were watching, if you weren't there in Carver Hawkeye Arena, you didn't see the beginning of the match where there was a double stall and you missed the Soriano takedown because of the gripping Northwestern Rutgers basketball game. That was awesome. But at least uh, credit to Big Ten for immediately putting it on YouTube so we could see the beginning of the match. So we don't really know what's happened, but the double stall, if you go back and watch, was for interlocking the fingers I'm I'm here for that. I'm all for it. I'm all for the double stall in general, right? It's kind of like it's all it's similar in purpose to like the the UWW passivity warnings, mm-hmm. right? It's like all right, get it going, and uh, I have no issue with it. And someone made the point if that had happened in Fix Soriano, would that have uh, maybe 
cause a, a little more engagement there. Hmm. Possibly. Um, I feel like with the interlocking fingers too, is they usually give them a warning before they... Well, they did. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. good. I didn't see the warning. But so I like that so much more than just the hands to the face. You get your warning, and yeah. then the stall call, it obviously can come back to bite you, but it doesn't necessarily damn you. Right, and what, well, what it does is, and we saw it rear itself with Soriano, it, it adjusts your mat tactics. Not only can mm-hmm. you not evade from neutral, but you've got a return guy. So um, I do like the call, and, I, and one thing... When, when the interlocking finger stall became a point of emphasis or actually became a rule, we were like, you cannot prove right. who's, who started who it. Who started it, which is why I was really upset in the Marinelli Makai Lewis one when they're both like uh. this and they come together and they gave <laughs> Makai a point. It's like, you don't know that. Like, it's, you can't prove the intent there. So I'm all for the double warning there. Do you remember the. All-Star Classic when they first did Epperly, it. And Epperly, it was Epperly somebody. Epperly Crutchmer. Okay. And they called mm. Crutchmer, I think, yes. um, for the interlocking figures in, in sudden, sudden victory. victory. And it was like, okay. He totally forgot that it, it was it was similar to the uh, to the uh, sudden victory point for Hands of the Face with Soriano because the official was like, all right, let's go. And then he remembered. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, match yeah. Over. This is over. There, there was a match like that that happened in Akron that really frustrated me. What, interlocking fingers? No, just the ref gave a point and didn't realize. And then it was like, oh, crap, this kid just won because there's like two seconds left. <laughs> Wait, I just determined the winner, didn't I? Yeah. Didn't mean to do that. It happens. Anyway. Listen, I know I'm kind of getting diverted frequently. It's okay. I want to get diverted again because, you know, we're talking little officiating things. The, the most lucrative sport in the world outside of the English Premier League, I guess, had – they got – Four, however many officials on there, they blew the worst call maybe in sports history in the in the Saints game, right? So when there's a, a, a sit-out and there's a locked hands missed, when there's an interlocking, it's almost like, all right, man, just shut up. Like, I'm talking to myself, too. It's like, it happened. And it wasn't like the, the Saints thing, as egregious it was, I, I don't think it was malicious. You would never do something that... That in plain sight, right? So it's just a bad call, and guys miss calls badly. So it's going to happen in wrestling. And those are well-compensated individuals on the on the NFL side. Yeah, like, I believe they're actually paid as opposed to... Well, you get paid for NCAA, but it's like you're paid real money in, to do the NFL, yeah. whereas... Also, did you know that the, the guy that works here, Reed, his dad is like an NFL yeah. line judge? Yeah, he Bar- was... Buried the lead. I'm playing slow pitch softball with this guy. He never mentioned. He was on the field for the uh, Patriots Chiefs game. You know that means he's really good, by the way, that too, mean, because yes. they, the crews from the regular season, don't stick together. They make them like all star crews in the playoffs. Like they put the better people at the positions like together. So he must be one of the best. Flow football's Kyle Bracky. We know that. You should get him on. Uh, I get him on the podcast. Yes. You got the end. Okay, so we're talking about officiating. Now, I will say during the, the Soriano DeSanto, I thought it was well officiated because so D- Soriano ends up dropping down for a five count when he's on top. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no, there's nothing, there, it's not even a question. When you drop down, the count begins. If you're not above the waist in five seconds, that's a stall. He already had a warning, so that's a point. At that point, I was really surprised that Soriano didn't just kick him. Right? Why why continue to ride for, for so long? So he continues to ride him. He he doesn't really return him. It's kind of one of those 
you know, could he return him? Could he not return him? But the rule is the top guy's got to return. It's on him to put him back down on the mat. He didn't put him back down on the mat. So he gives up another stall point. And at that point, you know, he's it's uh, he goes from kind of well in control of the match because I think he had riding time at that point. He did have riding time. So he had riding time. He's got an advantage. He had taken him down. Things are looking good. And then two stall points later, and then he has to let him up. There's three points, and it's a tie match. And then we see something that I've never seen from Surya. I've never seen it. The guy wrestled Dayton Fix for a half hour, twice. He's wrestled everybody. His energy levels seem to reduce. He looked tired. I've never seen him look tired like that before. Um, and I don't know. So to me, that you know, it was in Carver Hawkeye Arena, the most famous wrestling arena in the world, That's what right? I was just about to ask. And I think you don't just get tired. You you don't just have a conditioning issue, right? Like you don't just all of a sudden you're out of shape, right? It's Nick Soriano, the guy's in like legendary shape. That to me is a it's a, I'm guessing, and I wouldn't know, but it's like a psychological fatigue. Well, and <clears throat> I forget who I was talking to best. I think it might have been Coleman. I don't know some coach, and they were saying the worst kind of tired is. When you are trying to defend a lead and you have, and I think we've talked about that this was on the show too. That yeah. was Coleman at U.S. Open. Yeah, and you shut down your your like attack mode, and it is it's like going in prevent too early, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like crap. Now the the snowball's rolling downhill, and I'm just backing up, backing up, and not doing anything that I would normally want to do. Right? Nick's not doing any of the things he would normally want to do, right. other than just trying to survive and close the match out. And when you have a guy with with a really tough pace and you are in an environment like Carver, sometimes you're going to leave yourself open to stuff like that. So he gets the – I mean, and I think it was never more evident that that he was tired than – you know, DeSanto gets in on his – that's his attack. I mean, that's like – he's been in that single leg position probably 10,000 times in his life. But the fact that Soriano couldn't do something, square up just for the time being or split or kick out of bounds – that he was just able to kind of go, he tried to go head wheel, and then he comes back and gets the ankle. To me, is further evidence that this guy got tired. Is that so? Okay. Whenever we're talking about something like this, we're we're picking nits, right? But is that maybe the one area where you can expose Suriano is if he has mental lapses? Because it seems like it's rarely a physical thing, or it's rarely he's a worse wrestler, right? Like, is that the one area where if you can get him in that position, which is really hard, yeah. that you can take a match from him? Well, let's look at his losses collegiately. He lost to Gilman and Carver, just a one-takedown match. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would say that there, but he was coming at the end, mm-hmm. but lost. That was his only lo- loss that year. The year prior, his only loss was to Spencer, right? He, no one else the beat him. after, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now, Fixing this year, both his losses, going hands to the face is a mental lapse, right? That's not a wrestling skill thing. And then the not cutting him, yeah, I think that's a – yeah, the, it's it's more tactics than mm-hmm. than the wrestling itself. I think you're – I think that's a really good point and maybe something to look for. And, those, and if you're in close matches – those that's the margin right. right there. That's the thing that'll <clears throat> cause you to win or lose the match, and that's what we saw with with the Santa. And not not, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Well, I guess maybe I am. 
I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit DeSanto's win. Yeah. But it's just, you know, two stall points like that. But he was he was letter of the law. He was stalling. So, Well, and it gets back to – so whenever you watch a match, right, we look at a couple things, right? We look at can it be replicated, right? Like was mm-hmm. it was it a goofy thing or was it um, – and I'm sure we'll get to this when we talk about Rivera and Spencer Lee. Like were the moves fluky? Was the match fluky in any way? Was the officiating weird? Was it in a clearly – you know, like the next time they wrestle, it's going to be in a neutral environment at Big Tens as opposed to in Carver-Hawkeye where – the, you know the Hawkeye should be should get get a, you know, a boost you say, somewhere. You say neutral, but after um, what DeSanto did in Minneapolis, Minneapolis a week ago, it may not be so neutral. Fair, that may be a fair. very pro Nick Suriano crowd. Uh, it may be pro whoever's wrestling DeSanto everywhere but Carver Hawkeye Arena moving forward. He has cemented himself as the uh, supervillain. So also, <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna talk about him yelling at Suriano, um, but he did. Um, he was he's just so he's so dang fired up. Like he's just, did you, he did just you lost see his Spencer mind. Spencer talk about it? Yeah. I think Spencer did a great job like explaining it. He's just so like I don't know, he's a really emotional kid and then like you know, he's focused, focused, focused the whole match and then the yeah. match ends and he's like I did it. Yeah. Like I did what no one was thinking I was going to do and I beat this kid and I took him down. And um, he just loses his mind for a second. Yeah. <laughs> they even asked DeSanto what um, – he screamed at him. He's like, nothing. I just screamed. Like, it's yeah. just, like, releasing, like, everything. And it is – some people – someone made this point in the in the questions. Like, he's won lots of big matches before. I mean, he mm-hmm. beat Spencer Lee. <clears throat> he was not – he was not like that. So but, – but, yeah, I don't I don't know if it was just the emotions. And, and maybe is it – he is being more composed during the matches. So is it like just this build up and he has to like release this energy? Because he used to be kind of like a wild card throughout the match. And now he's just like, all right, good behavior. And then boom, he's going yeah, going nuts. Because, you know, he had this Chaz Tucker thing. He had the Michich thing. He had yelling at his corner all the time, right? So I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, he at least – own that he's got to get better there now people are not going to really care until he stops screaming at people and doing that at the end of matches they're kind of let's say let's see your your actions behind it but at least there's a, at least it would be worse if they're like no this is fine this is normal behavior and i'm going to continue to do this um i mean to, good on tom brands getting out there quickly and not letting that yeah that's the thing play. is like the coaches realize that he needs to rein it in yeah and they're working on it and they're so at least there's that, and they're not just, like, embracing it and, yeah. like, you know, pumping them up and telling them to do it more. So Okay, I have, I have a few thoughts about this. All Number right. one, who cares? He screamed in his face. I don't – that's, like that, – that's, like, going pissed. That's, like, G-Fire going pistol Pete. Like, no, I, I, I don't I, think I, so. It's a little different, man. Really? Yes, yes. For sure. Why? Dude, you just lost, and you got a guy – it's – You ever seen a movie called Terry? Yeah, I know. Coach did the same thing. His coach did the exact same thing. Yeah. He was fired up after a big pin, yelled in the guy's face. Boom. And I, the world I, kept spinning. I was Okay, yeah. The, I'm just saying that's like that's saying. not an egregious thing. He didn't he didn't like he didn't like kick him. He didn't I don't know, like that that the, the screaming in the face, like that's not a big deal. But you were upset with him after Minnesota. Yeah, because he bounced a dude's head off the mat and spit on the mat. Those are totally different actions. Okay, I guess those are different. Um 
Oh, okay. So I, I don't know. I thought it was a little over the line, but I wasn't. Now an- another thing, I would, just, I would call point, it partying. Somebody brought up this point to me: when the point was taken away, was it on Coach Brands for leaving the matter? Was it on Desanto? Because it was on it DeSanto, was listed as unsportsmanlike conduct on Desanto. Um, well, if it, if it would have been, been for Brands coming on the matter, it would have been for okay. control of Matt. Okay. Now, okay, here's the theory. But, but that, but that, that was my point. Was somebody was like, if if Santo has gotten two unsportsman likes in a row, he's supposed to miss the next match, which would be Illinois. Yeah, that's interesting. I, not that like it, not that like it. I don't could probably even if they come in different match. duels. Like they, back, they told me that it's if like you the get, yellow card in soccer. Yeah, if you get consecutive unsportsman likes, you're supposed to miss the next match. That's stupid. You should well, what? You get one per. Now I, don't, I just like that's just con- some, something to like keep an eye on. I've, if you lose a team point in back to back duels, that's pretty. You should be suspended. That's stupid. I'll go full Willie. That's what, stupid. What if what if it was the last duel? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't heard about this because I don't know that I've ever seen it happen. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Um, man. I'm not advocating for missing the duel, but like somebody brought yeah. this up. Like I'm literally, I'm genuinely curious if he has to miss the duel now. Yeah, a coach actually it was probably the same person. Was like, hey, he should have to sit now. Uh, so we'll we'll see if he has to sit. I hope not. I want him to continue wrestling because it's entertaining every time. So DeSanto wins, and I think we we can get back to just 33 as a whole. But I think now we need to transition to Mickey Phillippe beat Dayton Fix. And there's some, you know, interesting scenarios here where I thought I thought Dayton came out super assertive. He almost scored a few times. He got in. He got in late in the period. He had an inside trip, but it was out of bounds that I think was a clear instance of when you should see the edge stall call because his action brought it to the edge. He did an offensive movement to get it out of bounds. If Had he not backed out of bounds, he probably wouldn't have been there. But... They didn't call it, and you know you're gonna see that a rule that nebulous. Yeah, you're gonna see that it's going it's going to happen. We're never gonna get it right until that rule becomes more black and white. So it's not their fault. So, and there was like a little shift in the match. I thought where I felt like Mickey really started to get a beat on on Dayton's legs, and he fired off quite a few single legs. Dayton had to kick out, kick out, and then finally. At the end of the third period, persistence pays off, and he gets a single. He's able to climb up it and get the finish out of bounds. And then at that point, Dayton was down 3-1, 30 seconds to go, and Dayton made the decision, I feel like, all in for the reversal, right? Mm-hmm. And it it looked like he was maybe going to get it, but Philippi, and I can give credit, I forget who, I mean, I know Bracky definitely did, but you may have as well. When I was, like, poo-pooing this match, I was like, there's no one that can go with these guys. And, I mean... You were using the transit property of Suriano <laughs> beat him, I think it was 8-0. Well, however yeah. bad Suriano beat him in the CKLV finals. Yeah. Which you watched from 10 feet away, so that probably, that memory was there in your head. Like, I just, I watched Suriano beat up Philippi pretty good. My proximity to the mat wholly informed that decision. And, but Mickey did, I mean, Mickey, geez, I mean, you look at the season this guy's having and the wins he has stacked up this year. Is, L- Luke Pletcher, Dayton Fix... Ethan Lezak. I mean, he's number two in the country now. Mm-hmm. Number two. And honestly, you know, he's been in the streets. Yep. We love it. Our number one guy, 
He's back. Mijic is back. But he hasn't really hit. He hasn't faced the rigor. He beat Dylan Duncan That's it, uh, and, and Thornton. So he's back. And now that we're in Big Ten season, he's got Pletcher this week. So we're going to see Mijic more. So I feel I do feel good that he is the number one. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to look at a guy that's been out there slaying dudes, Mickey Phillippe. And I, I know he was all everything coming out of high school, and he was good. But I did not see this coming for freshmen – Freshman, Mickey Phillippe, like, I mean, fair or not, I don't care how old he is, he's on the Tanner Hall plan, doesn't matter. The dude's a freshman, and he's ranked second in the country. Is Phillippe getting a little more um, kind of work smarter, not harder, and like, like you, you were talking about getting a beat on, on Dayton and, and mm-hmm. kind of Dayton's movements and being more cerebral and kind of figuring out, like, the mental part of wrestling a little better and, like, okay, I, like – Making decisions earlier and kind of sticking with them, like, okay, to win this match, I have to really ride this guy. Or to mm-hmm. win this match, I have to do this specific thing or shut down this specific thing. And it seems like Mickey is, like, kind of shrinking the match in terms of, like, decisions he has to make to, like, one or two things and just keeping it as simple as possible. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't know how else to explain because I don't get to watch well, Pitt I would all just the say, time. But when I, would... I, when I see Mickey, it's just, like, he's doing a few specific things really well and keeping – Keeping the match winnable for him. Yeah, I think I think that is what's happening. Um, the the way I would describe it is just he's got a pretty well honed game plan, and he knows who yeah. he, he has a, an identity as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He knows his attacks. He knows where he's good on the mat. He knows how to counter. And to say he knows where he's not good too. And in the the matches are happening by and large where he wants. Now he wasn't able to dictate where the match was happening against Suriano, and he got completely destroyed. So there's guys that just I, – I think that was a matchup thing because Mickey came in. Uh, it wasn't like a duel and you know, mm-hmm. bad performance. You see that often in duels, but the guy had a great tournament. He looked good. He had beat an All-American and NCAA finalist to make the finals. And then he got destroyed. So I think that was a matchup thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, how, we were giving some credit to Pitt, and then they looked, they looked pretty solid against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is way better guys. Man – that's got to be brutal for Oklahoma State. They made weight twice in less than 24 hours. So they weighed in at 7 o'clock against West Virginia and then wrestled Pitt the next day weighing in at noon. Yeah, I didn't realize the match was at oh noon until gosh. like their, like their Twitter account was like, and oh, this match is happening right now. That's their second weekend of back-to-back two-day weigh-ins, mm-hmm. well, East Coast trip. If you count the scuffle, it's three straight back-to-back weigh-ins. Oh, uh, yeah. That is insane, and they—I mean—you can kind of see it. They look a little, little lethargic. I thought it—it yeah. it, it was bound to happen. I mean, you just like biologically, they're going to have a, a down performance, and I don't even know Dayton's energy levels didn't seem. No, I don't bad. think that. I, I don't think that played a factor in the match. It was yeah. like guys like um, Joe Smith lost a major late because mm-hmm. he gave up a takedown. Um, Derek White was. Yeah, Dakota Gear didn't look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek White. Kellen Stout is so big. Yes, he is. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know Gear is an eighty-four pounder, but the whole he, family. He is so big. I mean, their last name Stout. I don't <laughs> think we should be awful surprised. So with Philippi, what's interesting to me, can he get the two seed? Can he even get the one seed? Because I mean, Tariq's been kind of in now the lineup all year. The Pitt wrestles NC State uh, February tenth in Raleigh. And then, I mean, if he beats Tariq there or Tariq's not there, then we got to consider Mickey the, the favorite going into ACC's. All, he's going to be favored in all the rest of his matches the rest of the way. 
Mitchell Chillis wrestles Suriano. He still has to go through Big Tens. Or we still got to figure out who's going to come out Big Tens. Is Santo Mitchell Suriano? Yeah, I uh, see. I see more chaos at, at one thirty three in the Big Tens. I think. I think Michich will beat Pletcher. I do think Suriano matches up well against Michich, but I don't know. But I could see Michich, you know, winning Big Tens certainly as well. So I, I think it's going to get more jumbled up. The only thing that if Michich runs the table, he will be the one. But sure, what sure. he has to do to do that, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's set up okay, and I think he matches up okay against Tariq Wilson. And then the point from there is if Suriano is four or five, or if Mickey gets the two and Suriano is three or six, because we're considering like that—that's the one that has given Mickey the most problems so far. So yeah. I don't know. Just interesting to see. Like obviously, seating matters at every weight all, at all times, right? But just that specific match is going to be interesting to see how that falls in the bracket. I mean, just Big Ten seeds alone are are still so much in flux. It's pretty yeah. rare you, you see that. And where does DeSanto fit in in this this whole mix is a question too. Like. The guy has beaten Ethan Lezak and Nick Suriano in back-to-back weeks. He beat Michich last year. The dude is, like him or not, it's it's not hype. The guy's yep. the guy's legit. He's a title contender. You can't say anything but it. He just beat Nick Suriano. Um, is he my pick to win? No. But w- what I like is you've got to have a, a thing, that like an elite thing that you can do. And his pace is super elite. It's mm-hmm. It's incredible. He can do that. He probably has the best pace of anyone. Maybe him versus Dayton is like pace of Palooza. Uh, that'll be fun. February twenty fourth. Yep. In Stilly. Looking forward to that one. But yeah, where he fits in this whole dynamic now, DeSanto. If we kind of look at schedules, he should be. He's kind of sitting pretty through Big Tens, I believe. He'll hit Duncan. And maybe one other rankedish, but not like a top five guy because he doesn't hit RBY. He already wrestled Lezak. He already wrestled Suriano. Wow, yeah. Very so he's got no schedule. one in the Big Ten until, uh, um, yeah, nobody really of note. And then he'll have Dayton at the end, but that shouldn't impact his his Big Ten seating. So if there's a little more chaos, we'd be looking at DeSanto as the one in Big Tens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any. Because, because if Suriano starts, if he goes and he beats Michich and he beat. Soriano, yep. he should be the one. Right, because his only loss right now is to Gomez, which won't factor in. A loss to Fix, well, if he loses to Dayton, that won't factor in. And now what's what's RBY's opportunity uh, to improve his seed? I know he'll have Pletcher. He'll, but have, he'll have Meechich, too. Oh, it, That's the BJC match on February 1st. Oh, baby. So that, that that's his big opportunity. That, that's been his big opportunity for the entire year. Um, he'll also have Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. He'll have Pletcher. So he's got some. He's got some opportunity to to, to, to move up. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, you know, I I would pick Mijic right now. Yeah, he looked he looked good against Thornton. Uh, pretty tough dude. Okay. So that's one thirty three. Man, you just love to see it. Speaking of one thirty three, Cephalo pins Gomez, <laughs> which. Shame on Cephalo sparing us another twelve point comeback from he would have been Gomez would have been down nine one, I think, if he had got off fought off his back. Ten that, one. Ten one. It was four one. Oh boy. That's uh <laughs> So but you know, we we kinda talked about it. At some point it's going to burn Austin Gomez to He gave up the first takedown on Sunday against Matt Schmidt too. Mm. It's a it's a tough life to live, Austin. Uh, we love it. We're here for the comebacks. They're great. But just for you and Coach Dresser and Coach Metcalf St. John's sanity, 
maybe just don't give up four or five-ish points in the beginning. Yeah, and I, th- I think Austin's pretty much, you know, owned it, and, and they're they're all aware of it, and they know it's an it's, issue. But it's like, dude, you get, you know, this is – it's wh- whenever someone has these things, right, you're winning one-point win one matches or you're putting yourself in a hole or you have something just like, a, like you're bad on bottom. Like, anytime you have any type of issue like that, it just looms at NCAAs, like, so huge. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I mean, how many guys have we seen like this where they just consistently I, in holes? Yeah, yeah, they just they just give up points like this early, and then they just storm back. I I don't know what it is about Austin stylistically or what it is, but but it is interesting that happens. Other note: Albert beats Ironman. Uh, mm. I think he matches. He matched up well. I haven't seen that match. I wanted to, but yeah. I can't find yeah. it anywhere. Uh, unfortunate, but Ironman, he's just got a little bit to go offensively. He doesn't have a go-to leg attack takedown, which I think is really important. He's got good elbow control stuff, but it's not there enough, and Albert's so solid. That's the thing. There's certain guys positionally and kind of how they wrestle that Jaden thrives on chaos, Mm -hmm. and if you don't allow yourself to get sucked into the chaos, you can beat him. Yeah. What's going on on Facebook, Kyle? Yeah, you, Someone's feverishly re- replying. Someone said Austin jealous. Gomez was overrated. Ow. Who's that? They're incredibly overrated. That's a horrible comment. Um, Austin Gomez is excellent. Probably a Penn State fan. Yeah. Bracky told him to delete this. It's not too late. Delete it. Delete your terrible takes. <laughs> I do that a lot on here. When they do something, I'm just like, delete this. Please delete this. Yeah. Moderators, please delete this thread. Okay. That's and uh, the final upset was Mahler over Thompson. So a little Tiger style revenge. Mahler's really good. Mahler's problems, kids. Yeah, that's that that problem ain't going anywhere. And he's on my fantasy team, which is nothing but good things. Yeah. Um. So good for him. All right, Penn State wrestled, and once again, kind of maybe this is the early January, mid January lull for for the Lions, but they they did not look great. They did not have a tech or a pin for the first time since, I don't know, Brad Pataki era, maybe? I'm not sure. Phil Davis? Uh, so I don't know what to make. They were wrestling the number seven team in the country, right? There was and like seven ranked matchups, yeah. Seven ranked matchups. Seven, and yeah. all their big guns hit. Other the, big guns. Other big guns. Yeah. Like Nolf hit Berger, who's really good. Uh, number two, in fact. Chinzo White is always going to be a really close match. Uh, Hall Labriola, we know Labriola is really good. Nickel, now Nickel Schultz, now I guess this is a good, this is as good a time as any to talk about that match and uh, the chicken I won because when this match happened, I got all these tweets. Everyone was so excited for me to win some chicken. So Bo Nickel only wins eight to six. And if you didn't listen to previous episodes, Cal Bracky said that Bo Nickel would bonus through the rest of the season, and I said no, he will not. And I said let's bet. Popeye's chicken on it. He said, "Okay." Actually, Nomad came up with it. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so I was like, "Okay, I'll take it." I want because I I just watched Miss Scuffle. I was like, "Yeah." I wanted I wanted to get behind something. I wanted to believe in something. It, you know, I, wanted, <laughs> I believe in the rest of 197. I wanted to. No, you don't. You talk about how it sucks all the time. I wanted I wanted to dethrone you um, mm-hmm. from your chicken. So I thought, you know I, what? I'm going to take a chance. If 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 you would allow, I would like to derail this episode for just a minute to to, to discuss chicken bets, if if I may. 
Okay. This could go a lot of directions. I know okay. what direction he's taking this. Okay, first of all, I want to address the chicken bet that I allegedly welched on. I listened to it. You did So I listened on it. to it. No, no. <laughs> so anyone who knows chicken bets knows that the terms are the terms. And the bet was that Andy Simmons would outperform a five seed. When he became the four seed, the bet was null and void. And what place did he get? It doesn't matter seventh. what place he got. What place it doesn't matter seventh. what place he got. The that point is, is that the is point the most is the, the, I cannot the believe you were trying to I'm, weasel out I'm of not, this. I'm not done. First of all, I was correct that he would beat Robin Mathers. I was correct that he would lose to Logan Steber. The problem is Jay Nyerman beat Logan Steber. Now, hold on. And the whole point, the, 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 the ethos of the bet was that Andy Simmons was one of the four best 65 kilo guys last year, which he was. He was number four. He ended up number four on the ladder. And he teched Jason Ness, which Christian said wouldn't happen. And, th- and, and the final point is, the you final had, point, the you final had point. had McKenna beating him, by the way. The final point. No, I didn't. You said I, on that in, show. In, in, you said no, on the show. You, no, didn't didn't. Like, you said you didn't no. like McKenna's senior level yeah, results. Yeah, I said I didn't like senior level results. And then, I, and then I said, because that was talking about the preview. Then after the brackets came out, after the seeds came out, I said, McKenna has a really easy draw to the finals, which is what happened. Anyway, my final point, and I call on, on now Willie's not here, so unfortunately, he, he who knows if he'll listen to this. He will not. I call on my fellow FRL members and the community at large to stop negotiating with terrorists like Christian Piles, who only only make anti-chicken bets, never put themselves out on the ledge, never make any risky bets, and until then, there will be no more chicken bets for me at least, because Christian, Christian, all he does is make anti-bets and call other people's bets stupid. And so until he puts himself on the line, I will go double or nothing from the original bet. But until that time, I'm not. All right, here's okay. What are you going double or nothing with? Here's all right. Here's what. Well, chicken. It's still chicken. No, I know, but like, what is the wager? Oh no, he has to. He has to make the wager. <laughs> That's the thing. He will never make the wager because he's a coward. He's a yellow belly. <laughs> that was weird. I, my calf hit the chair. You get an instant replay of that. Okay. <laughs> now allow me, to, Your Honor, if I may have the floor. You said that he would be top four. Okay, he was I said he seventh. Outperform his seed. He was seventh, which was five. You seed. you actually said these words. You were actually excited to admit that you predicted he would beat Robbie Mathers and lose to Logan Steber. That was the first Be- point you made because you were, I addressed on. each you individual point excited. that you made. You were actually excited that, that that was a prediction you made for for him to beat Robbie Mathers and lose to Logan Steber. You were thinking like you were right. You said top four. He got seventh. Only a true weasel. You want to call me a coward? You won't pay your bet. It doesn't. Th- listen, the bet was voided when the seats changed. He got seventh. He would been on. He did it? Had been one thing if you had made a finals prediction, which you did, by the way. Your preview predicted he would make the finals. It would be one thing if you said that and then he didn't. I would say, okay, you know what? Null and void. He was the five seed. He got moved to the four. The exact same spot, basically, in the bracket. He made it to that quarter. Okay, it didn't impact anything. It didn't from the pay, it, it impacted a matchup that that I didn't want him to have. All right, listen. And then Jaden Ironman upset Logan Seaver, which, which screwed the whole pooch. People are getting madder and madder at you because you're a weasel who doesn't pay your bets. Kyle Brackey, I know you just lost a bet to me, but you need well, to have my back here that he's a weasel. Yes, he needs to pay the bet. But two, um, you know, our friend Sam Herring, young, impressionable mind, um, you know, he was tweeting me about the chicken as well and i said sam this is an important life lesson be like myself and not like nomad and and be a man of your word yep 
and take your friend to Popeye's. Yeah. Now, there is one thing I would like to say real quick. Okay. I'm going to take Christian to Popeye's. And you know what? I'm I'm never going to shy away from a chicken bet because <laughs> it's an excuse for me to get Popeye's. But <laughs> there, Christian does some alarming things at Popeye's. One, he does not eat the biscuit. That is psychotic. <laughs> and two, he gets mashed potatoes as his side and does not get gravy. Now listen. Mm. All right. Now allow me to retort. One, I don't really like biscuits without like sausage gravy or like, I don't know. I don't really like biscuits that much. Okay. One. So sue me if for not liking biscuits. Two, I love That's gravy. I put gravy on most things. Popeye's gravy is trash and I don't want it selling my mashed potatoes. Okay. That's that's item one. Item two. I'm prepared to take the high road here. First, first of all, actually, let's circle back. Talking about my cowardly bets. You guys are the ones dumb enough to make the bets. Say no, I don't take that bet. It's not a fair bet. You accepted the terms of the bet. I told now, you I wanted something to believe in. Okay, now, so here, you want to believe in something? Believe in this. I'm willing to up the stakes. Because I'm going to win this bet again if you agree to this. Double or nothing. You give me two three-piece meals... And I'll t- and you have to stick with your thing that Bo bonuses the way from this point to the rest of the season. Now I know you don't want to do that. You can say no, but I'm, I'm going to say no. I'll just go ahead and take you to Popeyes because because you don't believe, right? Because I saw it. Because <laughs> I saw it, and uh, after his last two performances, you're right. I don't believe. Okay. All right, and I'll well, and I know you will pay up on your chicken bet. I we'll, will. We'll do it sometime. It'll be great. Not today. It's Burger Bar Day here, you, <laughs> here at Flow. You let me know when you want the chicken, and we will go. One last point before we get back to Penn State. I want everyone's. I want all of our friends' thoughts on this. So every week we on on Tuesdays, right? We we get food here, mm-hmm. and they they kind of list things out. And the menu listed buns, burger buns as a side. It's always got the the entree, the sides, yeah. and like I don't know something else, dessert. So there was there was chips for like potato salad or something listed as a side. Okay, like that is a side to a burger. I, I get that. A bun is not a side. Not a side. It's it's a thing that you either put on the burger or you don't. If you don't put it on the burger, that's fine. I get it. there's people that don't eat bread and they're gluten and all that, but like, it's not a side. It's not a side. Outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah, take that up with Melissa. She loves FRL. Okay. Back to Penn State. Back to Penn State. Did not look great, but it didn't really matter. They won 25-6. to six. Uh, Talk about the matches of note. Nick Lee over Chad Red. And this thing with Nick Lee that's going to continue to, I think, give him problems is not a clean finisher, but a high-rate attacker. And the elite scramblers are making him pay. And Red made that really, really interesting at the end after getting a, a counter takedown. So for, for most guys, you know, you can – eat up a lot of time on the attack if you're trying to get to a leg. But for for Nick, he's kind of putting himself in vulnerable position. So Red had a chance to win late but couldn't uh, couldn't ride out for the tie. Mm. That was the, the stall that got ch- – or there was a delay while they were trying to figure that out, right? Mm-hmm. And it went from 4-3 to 5-3. Well, it went from, went from 3-3 to 4-3 with the stall and then 5-3 with the escape, correct? Well, he lost 5-4 because he had riding time. Right, but I'm saying yeah. it was 3-3, three, three, then just stall point given up, and then Chad's like, okay, I have to cut him now. Yes. Or he decided to cut him, I guess. So Red was right there, uh, and then Nolf Berger is never a match. He came, Nolf came out and got the first take, and you're like, you, we can see how this, this is going. Did not major him, however, 10-4 win for Jason Nolf. Someone asked uh, this question. I, did, I knew you were going to say. Why don't we get mad at him? Why don't we get mad at Nolf for messing with people? Because 
Um, what? I did get mad at the rake. Huh? Well, I did no. get mad at the rake. That you was did. bad. Okay, that was... You did, but the community didn't. Um, they should have. That was bad. I, I think it's very... I, I mean, I'm not keeping up or like... I, I You know, I'm I'm Team Gable. I'm Team DeSanto. I don't mind what they're doing by and large. But him picking up his feet and stuff, that's like, it's very playful and like... I don't know. To me... That was more... I'm more anti-burger in that situation. He's not moving. He, he didn't move. He's like... And, and Burger's like this, like... I'm just asking a question. Why don't we... Like, what, because he's I'm, picking up his feet? And yeah. There's a huge difference in what's yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm way more anti-burger in that situation. Because or anyone. Like, if you don't move, like, and the guy starts messing with you, I... What's Burger supposed to do when the guy's got his ankles right there? He's not no, sure what he he's doing. he was letting go of them. He was like this. He didn't even move. But Burger, like, Burger stood there. It's like, whistle. Not moving. Not moving. Then not moving. Like, he's picking up his legs. Pick- I don't see a difference in Gable doing his little feet shuffle thing. Oh, I don't mind that. I thought... Yeah. Of of the Gable hierarchy continuum of no, things that like, are outrageous, I I do think I do yeah think... that ranks up there with with Gable shuffle. Right, I, that's what I'm like comparing it okay. to. Okay, I'll put it up there yeah, with I the shuffle because people lost their mind just about the shuffle. Shuffle on Gable. Yeah, that was that was weird. I don't understand the outrage there. I I, I don't understand a lot of the out if there was any outrage on off there. I like I've said it before, guys. Like Penn State pushes the line with how hard they wrestle, with with their application of rules, with with holds, with how they ride. And Brock Brock Height really wants them to get called for that mat return they do. Yeah. Where they leave their feet and do like the Pletcher does it too. Michigan does a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Penn, that's 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 part of why Penn State is great because they they push the boundaries and wrestle hard and wrestle aggressively. Like Vincenzo Joseph did not push the boundaries against Isaiah White, but he won. The guy's a winner. Finds ways to win. He can win ugly. How about his? his series of matches with Isaiah and like slowly widening the gap and figuring out, even if it was just ever so slightly like figuring out like, look, I, for whatever reason, Chenzo knows or feels or thinks like I cannot go one for one with this guy on my feet. Like it will not work out for me. So I have to win the match in other ways. I have to be more conservative and I have to win the match on the mat because the only points that Chenzo scored against uh, white from his feet are a chest wrap, which doesn't in freestyle, which doesn't count in folk style. And, off a reattack in second sudden victory. Yeah, no, the points don't for whatever reason matchup thing. Maybe it's a little Dayton Soriano. They just don't match up well from neutral in terms of points being scored. So that was boring. And then Hall Labriola was exciting. We had a, a locked hands review there against Mark, and you know, so tough to. I couldn't really tell if he locked or didn't lock. I don't know if y'all had a strong opinion either way there. I didn't I think he strong. did on the one he got called. I didn't see it. Me. I don't have a strong opinion. I thought I saw it, but it, like, uh, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I if was he, impressed he did, with Labriola yeah, yeah. taking him down. He that did. was a great shot. Well, that pick. I mean, that's how you got to finish on him too. He just kind of blew through him on the pick, and mm-hmm. uh, Mark had to turn down. Didn't get Shakur Vins. Mm. It's like, man, the 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 trolling, the trolling on Penn State's part. That's not what's happening. I. It, they I, did not do that. I don't know. They introduced Franny Bassono and then put out Mason Manville. Like that. Wh- why would you do that? That's so weird. Well, it'd been if they had wrestled, if they had introed Shakur, and it, I mean, they, you know, they're not, they're not going to tip their hand in any way, shape, or form about anything. I get not tipping your hand, but like, what if you're already not going to wrestle Shakur? What is like? Okay, we found out Shakur's not wrestling. Like the guy we were preparing for. So I don't know. It's fine. 
They're not trolling. I don't they're, understand. They're not trolling at all. I don't understand why he didn't wrestle. I don't know why he didn't wrestle, but I don't think they're just trolling you. I mean, like, I mean, like anybody announcing Franny Persona and then sending out Mason Mayville. That's like, not what trolling. Is the, what is the point there? Why not listen to Ms. It's weird. Because Mason probably made 65 or 74, too. He, made, he wrestled 68.8. There you go. Was the, I think Byers said that. Yeah. Um, he was a flex. They know they're going to wrestle him. They needed him. Duel was on the line. Also, and, do we think that was a duck? Because I kind of was like looking ahead at various other matches. Like There still needs a lot of things for it to happen, for that to be considered a duck. And like seeds to fall in a way that maybe they think is favorable. So I'm, I kind of think it wasn't a duck. They're not ducking. They I know that's duck. I know, but that, that's no what one's. I'm, I don't even think anyone's theorizing that. He's just like he's clearly probably no, hurt. Peop, no, people definitely, people definitely were saying These, that. they're not duck, ducking. And I, it, it, I it is out of character. Why that, not wrestle him? Like if you're gonna wrestle him, like this is like the perfect scenario in rec hall. Just I don't. I'm not saying he was ducking. I just don't understand it. Yeah. And it, but it is out of character for them to not wrestle Chenzo and then not wrestle like two weeks in a row to it's not wrestle. It's very out of good. character. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what was up with Chenzo last week, but they said Shakur got hurt at the end of the match. His last, he, he match. did, he did. The, there you go. I'm no, no, but I mean, it could it could just been like in that moment. But yeah, so just like looking ahead at all the like matchups that still have to happen in the Big Ten that still have to happen for Shakur. I actually I don't I don't count as a duck. But yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was Reinhardt torqued his knee or something right at the end. So mm-hmm. um, maybe that was a little worse than I thought it was watching it there. But, yeah. The nickel over Schultz, which we already discussed. Popeyes for me, three-piece. And uh, I'll give Kyle my biscuit. How about that? So it's really a true win-win for Kyle Brackey. we got some big duels coming up. I don't know how much we want to get into those right now because we have friends. They have questions. But Michigan-Ohio State, probably the premier duel coming up this week. That's the one I think I'm the most excited about. That's going to be on Friday, 7 o'clock. Uh, should be a good one. And it's interesting. There's not a lot of, even though they wrestle every year, there's not a lot of repeat matches from a year ago. It's very different lineups for, mm-hmm. for both teams in different ways. And So that's going to be, it's, it's kind of a fresh duel, even though they wrestle every year and they're coming. It'll be different next year, too, with all the guys I mean, Ohio State's losing McKenna, Martin, Micah. Ouch. And then uh, Michigan loses Pantaleo. They're bring, they, you know, bringing in some different guys. So, Yeah, that's going to be a good duel. Maybe we get more into that on Thursday. Okay. Can we, uh, yes. because I'm not going to be here on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Can no, I, no, Matt's going to the Schultz. Can I quickly discuss Schultz and Uregan? Yes. So, a uh, couple things about Schultz that really stand out to me. Number one is the big one, <laughs> J.O. Molnero. Mm. I think that's, we can all agree, that's the, the premier matchup. We saw that in the U.S. Open Finals. Uh, we reran Molinero's thoughts on the Oliver loss right. last night, right? And then we're also going to rerun Oliver's thoughts on wrestling Molinero. Uh, in general, there's a lot of young talent um, there. Sasso, Carr, Hoffman. Um, a couple girls making their senior level debut, a couple Greco Junior World Team members. So a lot of like young talent going into Schultz, and I, I think it's really, I think it's really cool if kind of the the thing that we see for red shirts going forward. Also, Aaron Brooks, another one. Um, the thing we see for red shirts going forward is like you wrestle some opens, then you wrestle Midlands or Scuffle, and then you wrestle Schultz. Like I think that would be a really cool uh, pattern to start seeing. Uh, and then so that starts Thursday, goes through Saturday, and then we have Uregan. Yeah, baby, live. We sent Holmes and Mike off. 
They're on their way. They are currently on a plane to Moscow from Amsterdam. And then they're going to have a long layover. They actually might... Hmm, they could be in Moscow now. And then they have a long layover. Then they're then they're Moscow to Krasnyarsk. So they're the they're Kras. making their way. About 25 hours of travel. Fired up for this. We're gonna we're gonna see Zane. We're gonna see Ringer, Imar, Gilman, Corey Clark, Kyle Snyder going for his set thir- third. Holy crap! Him, him and Mensa yeah, 17, for the third. 17, 18, and now looking for 19, and uh, Mensa Stock as well. So. Very excited. Eureka starts at 11 o'clock Thursday night. Yeah, so uh, if you go to – Eastern. If you go – if you're not familiar with our events tab, which I hope you all are, but go to our events tab. You'll see 2019, Von Eureka, and you'll see schedule. It's on pretty much every events tab, and it'll show you exactly um, all the weights wrestling for that day. I'm not going to go over all of them because there's like seven or eight per day. But it starts at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central, Um it's actually Wednesday. It's actually tomorrow night. It's actually February in Russia. Yeah, because it's 12 days. Yeah. And 12 time zones. So, yeah, starting soon. And uh, starting with women's freestyle. Brackets for tomorrow should be out. Soon. Like, by, by this time tomorrow, we will have brackets for day one. Perfect. All right, brackets coming soon. And I have done two previews already with one more coming, so please read those. Gotcha. Okie doke. Here we go. Cues from F's. Cues from F's. Jacoby Smith Watson asks, who's Michich's most likely Huckleberry? Who matches up best against Michich? I'll say, I think of the major contenders, I think it is Soriano. I think we saw Michich take out... Um, it was a while ago. Fix. I freaking tech by fix. That was like 2015. There's a possibility yeah. Dayton's gotten better. Possibly. Maybe. Has gotten better, yeah. Maybe. Uh, but that just seemed like, okay, he kind of figured some things out there. So I don't know. If, if you're looking for something, it's nothing but uh, nits to pick. I think I would probably say Soriano. What do you guys think? Yeah, Agreed. I'd say Soriano. I'm very curious in the fix. Beachage match, it could only happen... NC2A. Probably semis or later at NCAAs. Correct. All right, now here's here's the thing. Sam Herring. He's talking rise over run here. He's t- he asks about improvement slope. Sam Herring, the official uh, middle school wrestler like of Flow that. Wrestling Radio Live, said, with the improvement slope that DeSanto has, re- has had recently, him only being a sophomore, how much longer do you think we will get to see DeSanto at the top with the country and what's his potential lie with USA on his chest. Now, freestyle, we've not seen him do that. So I think ever. I, I think he could transition fairly well because he's basically a neutral wrestler. And so that's, that's the way he does that dump can certainly transition to fours. Yeah. Freestyle. Four or you can transition well to a trap arm from that. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't know about his potential with the USA. He needs to start entering some tournaments for me to really determine that. I don't see him ever beating a Dayton Spencer uh, type of guy, Gilman. That's the thing. With no freestyle experience, if Dayton got on top of him, you would expect the trap arm to come. Yeah, that'd be match termination time. So now, him only being a sophomore, and a true sophomore, how much better is he going to get in that room? And here's one thing. uh, And I remember talking with Coach Azevedo about this last year. 
because he kind of got he got ridden for like five minutes by Mueller, and he got ridden by Geraldo, and he was like, he's actually good on bottom. He's fine there. But everyone thinks it's like this huge weakness. So him not getting ridden now kind of corroborates. I, there's improvement there, but it was one thing that Coach Azevedo made a point to mention to me pre-transfer, obviously. He's like, he's actually fine there. He's not doesn't have this glaring hole in his game. He's not bad underneath. So that I'll give him credit there for sure. But yeah, I mean he can get up he can get a lot better. He's in a room uh where lightweights thrive and win national championships routinely. The the thirty three before him was Corey Clark and he won. The one before him, Tony mm-hmm. Ramos, he won. So I, I think he's gonna be in the mix to win a title this year and the two years after. Um it's just a matter of, you know, will he do it? They're also You know, and then there's Gilman who never won, right? Yeah. There's also and Bracky made this point. Um so what what whatever they're saying about um like him improving his demeanor, I guess. Like, okay, fine. But but what is clear is that the people have really taken a vested interest in him. And I mean I, I get like that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you're supposed to make all your guys good. But they clearly uh, care about him, and maybe maybe it was just lip service, and Spencer was a really good actor, but it really sounded genuine. As far as <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like it, it could, but it really sounded genuine. Like these guys really uh, believe in Austin and what he can do. So e- even just that alone can push a guy to a, a higher level. Well, there you go. Okay, improvement slope, rise over run. Thank you, Sam Herring. Uh, as of today's rankings, how many number one guys would be your pick to win NCAAs? Maybe go weight by weight. So, want to do this? Pull him up. Real, pull him up real quick. Sebastian Rivera would not be my pick to win NCAA's. Go quickly here. He would be mine. He's your pick. He would not be mine. Okay. And uh, speaking of Sebastian Rivera, <laughs> wrestled this man. Yeah. He's making weight. He was supposed to. He have... took two forfeits. He was supposed to wrestle an All-American and Sean Russell Friday night. Didn't wrestle. I don't know why. He didn't wrestle Sunday either. But then. Uh, Sunday, supposed to wrestle Connor Brown, who's ranked like 16th, didn't wrestle. Took two forfeits. Supposed to have two big tip matches, two forfeits. He probably had to wrestle Cody Brewer after that. That'd be horrible. <laughs> All right, so wrestle this man. Um, Spencer Lee will in like, uh, I don't know, a week, less than a week now. That's going to be pretty exciting. So I got Spencer. 133, Stevan Micic would not be my pick. Yeah, I'm still going with Dayton, but Mickey, got my eye on you, bud. Okay, this guy's not on you, Nikki. Mickey? Not my pick. So, so you, you got say your, Nikki you, or Mickey? I said Mickey. Okay. He is a Suriano hater. What? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not picking Suriano win this year. But maybe Mickey. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. taking Dayton. One forty-one. Yanni D, who has not been amazing. Didn't wrestle last week. Didn't wrestle. D and Dub got a D and Dub, but he will be my pick. Although, I am really starting to. It's just. I don't think Joey is better. I'm just starting to get these cosmic vibes my way that it's just like senior year. McKenna's going to put it together. He matches up well against Yanni. We've never seen the match. And by the t- every every week, I'm getting a little closer to pulling the trigger on that prediction. But I'm not there yet. Yanni D is my champ. Yanni yeah. D. Yeah, it's hard to disregard those three like successive comeback wins last year. In I know. We haven't seen much since. Fair or not. He did beat Ironman, though. Okay, number one, Matthew Kolodzik. Mobbing. 
Mobbing season? You've already been oh, mobbing. Mobbing, yeah, mobbing mobbing all day. I I said after CKLV I needed to change my pick and I'm sticking I'm sticking with mobbing. How about three of these four weights so far? We're gonna see these matches all soon. I love it. Very excited about that. We'll have Kalazic Astronaut live on Flow mm-hmm. Wrestling two weeks. It's like February one, I think. Yep, yeah. I'll be there. We'll get Rivera Lee, and then we'll get uh, Yanni McCann at the end of the year. Oh baby. Okay, so no one's got Kalazic, who has looked like the best guy all year, and smashed G Feller, who had a tough match with Ashnaut. Oh yeah, Kalazic could make us all look very stupid, or at least me. Man, I kind of feel stupid already. Uh, it doesn't take much. Nolf, next topic. I'm not allowing you to answer there. Vincenzo Joseph. Yep. Yep. I'm sticking with him. He's just, he got that winner thing. It's like, yeah, sure. Sure, Marinelli Cannon has beat him. Sure, Wick and Marsteller can beat him. But I just can't, yeah. you can't say, hey, the guy just wins wrestling contests. All right. 80, or 74, Mark Hall. I will. That's tough. I will always pick Zahid, and Mark will make me look stupid probably at least one more time. But I just think Zahid's a little better. But uh, Mark dominated the last one, so I got Zahid, though. I got Zahid. I'll take Mark. Yeah, because Olivia will beat you down if you don't. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I said I'd pick Zahid after, even though I predicted Mark to beat him, and I'm sticking with that. 84, Miles Martin. You're not allowed to answer this one either. 97, you're not allowed to answer because Miles and Bo. And that's for your own protection, guys. And then heavyweight, Gable Steveson. I, I, we can indulge this. I will indulge it. Um, I will pick him to win. But I, you know, the guy, you know, he's just kind of getting his way through matches. He's not really being challenged, but at the same time, it's like not full pedal to the metal. He decisioned uh, Conan Jennings. He wasn't able to major uh, or tech or pin the uh, Iowa, Connor Corbin. Iowa's four string. So that to me says, okay, well, maybe, maybe. So I'll say maybe, but he's still my pick for sure. Gable. Gable Stevenson will be the first undefeated true freshman national champ since 1947. Wow. Wow. Great stat pull there. Okay. I need to double check the year, but I'm pretty sure it's 47. We're going 47. What? <laughs> that was World War II, I think, was going on. All right, great question from Adam Fraunfelter. Thank you. That was that was a, a heck of a lot of fun. I don't want to ask that one. How can you tell the difference between the Brands Brothers? Their face. I don't know. I I. It's Terry's. I think Terry's. I I can just. I don't know. I can just tell them apart pretty well. On screen, it's hard. I have no issues. I'm almost like, automatic. But when I'm in person, I can. Yeah, I can tell. Can you tell pretty well? Usually their hair is kind of a giveaway. Terry's yes. is usually longer, and Tom likes to keep his, like, trimmer. Yes. Tom has the same hair always. He, yes. Terry, yeah, he'll get a little more flow going. And that's been for years. There's, there's mm-hmm. a, you know, Terry had some serious flow back in the day. Uh, all right. Any chance Molinero, Zane, J.O., and Pico all go 65 with new weigh-in schedule? If so, who comes out as our rep in Tokyo? Molinero is going 65. Zane and J.O. are going 65. Pico... I don't see it. But, if you know, if Molinero can and J.O. can, then Pico can. Yeah. But Pico also needs to, like, practice wrestling and not punching people in the head if he wants to be our I don't think he's coming back. He fights this weekend. Okay. Oh, here's the theory. I think Pico will be at the Olympics. The Olympics or the Olympic trials? The Olympics. 
wrestling for Mexico. Oh yeah, I like I I do like this uh, this theory. Stay woke. Stay woke. We have seen a lot more guys start Stay woke. Start going for other countries. Yep. That would make it that would make it easier. It'd be a lot easier to make that team. Now would he go seventy four? That's a lot easier to make the uh, you know. Now he would Although still, really all he has to do he, is make the weight and then he's on the team. No. Oh he has to qualify, yeah. Right. So he would still have to go through one mm-hmm. of those guys J O, whatever, Zane, whichever one of them wins. Well not necessarily. Because uh, he could, last chance. All you have to do is make the finals. Yeah. So if he's opposite the American, but I'm saying he still has to win some matches to get there. He will have to. It will not be like worlds where he can just show. Unfortunately, up. he will have to win some matches to make the Olympics, which is great. I, That's what we want. I hate we, we it. want Pico to have. We want Pico to have to. I love it when you can just automatically. Show. Hey, remember that uh, that skier that like just decided she wanted to make the Olympics, so she just entered every qualifier, and even though she can barely ski. She made the Olympics. Did you, did you see this story? No. no. There's some some way you can make the Olympics and qualify. Is that accruing in like points? Skiing. She did like the – yeah. She just basically went to everything. Accrued enough she, points and – yeah. I'll find the video. The lady can barely ski, but she's an Olympian. It's really audacious. That like, That is perseverance. It's, in, it's kind of embarrassing. It's like, all right, congrats. You found some like loophole into making – maybe it's cool. I don't know. Get some sweet gear. Okay, um, I actually like this question. I thought it was really funny. I just want to read this question from Mason Beckman just for the response that this guy got. If CP Willie, Nomad, Bracky, Holmes, Spay, and Sion, and Bader were stranded on a desert island, who stands the best chance of survival and why? And EB replies, I've got Sion down as the first to openly discuss human barbecue. So uh, who are we eating first? <laughs> that, is, that is 100% true. Which, by the way, the smart plays to eat Sion first. Yeah, you need him out of the mix quickly. So I'll say first dead is definitely Nomad. You can't remove your shirt. You would die immediately. You're first dead. It's possible. I Now, I may be first dead be, via murder. Now, but I would not die of natural causes. You would have to kill me. I think Bader is was designed to live on yeah. a desert island. The guy can... Agreed. His his body is very resilient. He's the only person that went to Uzbekistan and did not have incredible intestinal distress. Uh, yeah, I, I've just seen this guy overcome a lot of physical obstacles. Although, on the spike ball court, Superman's showing a little bit of vulnerability. He got, he hurt his knee uh, mm-hmm. just kind of backpedaling. So it's pretty. Con- <laughs> so so maybe is is he starting to age? It's possible. Uh, but that's my vote. That's how, that's how I see. The desert island scenario playing out. Okay, um, with the loss of David Shen, uh, David Shen, Matt Schnitt, and Bono and Nolf getting decisions, how does it affect the Hodge race? Well, considering Bo and Nolf are competing against each other, it didn't impact it very much, right? No. Oh, okay. I'm still. I, Brock, but it I, does get Jensen out of the mix. Brock, I disagrees with me. I think it's going to be Bo at the end. I think it's Bo's to lose. I think he's going to continue pinning people, even though he didn't. I think the edge games. goes off because he beat the number two guy. Yeah. yeah, right now, right now he is he has beaten number two and number three in consecutive weeks. So right now it's looking like Nolf, but in the end it will be Bell. Interesting or Nolf. You're right. You're right. No, but it's Bell. No, I'm, I'm on record that it's going to be Bell. Will it be Bo and Nolf? How about uh, I really want someone ask the question? <laughs> what is the over under for the amount of Hodges Willie wants to hand out this year? Two and a half. Cause <laughs> I don't know. 
I, I think he'll. I think by the time the year ends, he'll think Miles deserves one too. He look at the year he's having. Yep. Throw Miles in the mix as well. Uh, yeah. So maybe maybe a couple Hodges. I thought about. I should get a neutral award. As a as a troll, um, Spay and I deliberated making Nolf and Bo both number one pound for pound in the country. Uh, it's not too late. Maybe we will. Who is number one? I never actually. Nolf is. Nolf's just kind of been ahead of Bo all along, and there's no reason for him to pass. Sure. Okay. Is no- Nomad is still. Someone asked if you're still sticking with Fix. You are. Uh, yeah. Now I'll, I'll say this. You know, if you had, if you had a pick at 133, and there's nothing you've seen. All we've seen is chaos, apart from Micic. So there's no, there's no reason to, like, <clears throat> there hasn't been, like, a, an evol, uh, evolution or some sort of revelation, I guess is the word, from someone else. So I think there's no reason to change your yeah. pick, right? If Mickey had, like, beat down Dayton, I'd be like, okay, that's a... But even at the, But no, I don't think Nick. so. Because, I mean, Mickey got beat down by Nick. Oh, I know. That's why I'm not picking Mickey. But I'm saying if Mickey Because be- there's, like, one guy that clearly is in your way, and I understand you don't always have to beat that guy. But if, like, yeah. there's one guy that's clearly in your way, that's a that's a red flag mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. making picks. Well, what are the odds that all NCAA champs are represented by the Big Ten? Mm, seems unlikely. Well, with uh, it's it's definitely possible. It's possible. I think I think it could happen. It could I mean, forty nine. Yanni and Zahid. Yeah. So thirty three could not be. Forty one could not and be. And Forty nine could not be. Fifty seven will be. Sixty five will be. Right. They they the they got the back half. But thirty three, forty one, forty nine is where well, the opportunity. Seventy four. Seventy four is a definite um, question. Oh yes, yeah, Zahid's packed twelve. Yeah. All right. So back half minus seventy four. I'd say there's like a twenty five percent chance it happens. Yeah. All Big Ten. I think it could happen. I really do. Okay. Any other questions that are um, uh, top of mind you really want to get to? There were good questions. Um, okay. I like this one. If you had from Lee Schmalz, remind me to say the people's names if I don't because sometimes I just read the question. I think you should get credit for asking a good question, Lee Schmalz. If you have to bet on one guy, which current NCAA wrestler do you take to make the 2020 Olympic team? Wrestling Nomad? Spencer Lee. Spencer. A lot of Yanni love these days. Yanni's I'll say second. I will say Gable Stevenson. Mm. Mm, you forgot about <laughs> Gable. I guess I didn't forget so much about Gable. I was just like, oh, there's somebody else. But Gwiz, can he beat Gwiz? Gwiz is a yeah, two-time world medalist. I don't, know if he, I don't know if he can beat Gwiz. I don't know. It may I'll be say Spencer right now. Uh, because with Spencer, all right. So Spencer, like to make the fifty-seven team, he will have to beat Gilman and Dayton to do that. So compare that to Gable of Coon, Gwiz. I'll say Coon and Gwiz. I'm not really gonna give it. Yeah, I think he'll be surpassed Nelson. I feel like they're all like number twos, right? Like right now, perception-wise, they are all somewhere in that like second or third. I think Spencer's. Probably two or three until we see otherwise. I think you can say the same for Gable. So it's which, man, it's tough. I think it's yeah. those two. I think it's darn close who is mo- most mm-hmm. likely to to do it. Seventy four. There's no one in that well, range say, that we feel can beat Burroughs or Dake. Eighty six. There's no one we can feel can beat um, Taylor. And then I assume it's going to be Cox and Snyder in the ninety seven. Here's why I'll say Gable over Spencer by 
maybe just a small margin. I've seen Gable wrestle the senior level and yes. do really well. Yes. And he was right there. And he beat Don Bradley soundly. And he should have beaten him at the open. Well. But he did. He did. Well, he did. He. But but look at the the adjustments that Gable made from Dom match one to Dom match mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things. I think Kuhn is problematic for Gable, and I think he would have been in Minnesota if it had happened. Yeah. But I just think the arc on Gable is like this, and I know he can go with those guys. I've seen him beat elite guys. We haven't seen Spencer wrestle at the senior level, right? And we I guess, why are we talking about Spencer, not Dayton? I guess like. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're talking about like Dayton's not in college. So who's more likely to make the team between those two? I guess I guess that point alone makes it more likely to be Gable because Dayton and Spencer like yes. split votes, split votes, and Yanni's got. I mean, McKenna, JL, McKenna, um, Zane, Zane, yeah, Zane. Zane so for yeah, the record, yeah, Zane so is my pick to make twenty twenty. See, it's Gable, Gable by a little bit, Gable by a little bit. Okay, it's gonna be fun. I cannot, can't. Wait. I hope nineteen is uh, yeah. Nineteen is gonna be a great year for freestyle. What, at what point? At what point do we start talking about Olympic redshirt? So I guess like after the open, mm. is when we can kind of fire the, fire up those talks. Well, I'll allow it. Okay, <laughs> I put out put out the article by the way, guys. You see the Olympic redshirt criteria. You see who is qualified already for Olympic redshirt. There's still a couple events that need to happen. U23 Charles and Blaze specifically in U.S. Open, but okay, a lot of guys qualified. Right. Um, I think we can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ready to go, control room. Want to mention, however, um, something we do a bad job of. We should do this every show. <laughs> Probably at the beginning. How do? Yeah, in the beginning, in the middle. Feel free any you anytime you guys. How to watch this show? Well, you can download, subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings, please. Um, that's what most of you have agreed. You've been almost. We have a five star rating on iTunes. It's very exciting. Um, so you can listen on that. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen, you can watch live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You can watch live on Mm flowwrestling.org. And then we upload the video afterwards to the site. And we put the archive of the audio of Libsyn in the article as well. We're doing, if there's a medium in which you think we can be giving you this. um, I would like us to be on Spotify. I don't know what cost that is or what what the difficulty is or how long it takes to upload or whatever. Is that possible? Spotify, yeah, Spotify. That's where I listen to most of my podcasts now. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, please, so please we can look do listen. Um, we should be doing way more plugs than we do. <laughs> not just for this, for other things. We're not plugging our events. We're, not, we're doing a bad job of, of maximizing this this platform that we have. So shame on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this music is playing or not. It might be. It might not be. Take our headpieces out. Um, I, my headpiece is in, but I can't hear it. No music. But we are not sponsored by anything. No. Nope. We are freewheeling. Um, personally, Popeyes, call it up. We could have a chicken bet every week that would probably be covered. Yeah, that would be probably, sweet. Would they probably just send us a gift card, and maybe the maybe the penalty would be you're not allowed to get Popeyes when you take the person to win, or maybe we get a little ten dollar gift card for winning the chicken bet. I don't know how yeah. it's gonna work. Popeyes, anyway. just get on the phone, and we'll figure it out. Don't know. Um. We will be back Thursday. Will Willie? We don't know. Didn't know he wasn't going to be on the show today. Hoping he's back. We miss you, buddy. Know who's number one on the show next uh, tomorrow. Next tomorrow. Because, oh, we won't have Nomad yeah. on Thursday because he's going to Dave Schultz. Mm-hmm. That's right. Have fun in Rocky Mountain High. Be ca- right, which airport are you flying into? Uh, I'm not touching Denver. 
dodged a bullet there. Mm-hmm. Not really. Normally, I, normally <laughs> I do a flight in Denver, but for whatever reason, this time I'm not. I like flying into Denver just because that drive is just unbelievable. It's a nice hour. All right, there's the music. We are headed out. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you Thursday, come heck or high water. Lots of content coming out. We got a great preview of the Sebastian Rivera, Spencer Lee match. Those guys are wrestling live on Flow later this week. That is the match to watch for, in my opinion. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll be back.